Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're in Torah study number 44 today, and uh, we open up uh, the book of Deuteronomy. We're in Deuteronomy 1 through 3 in our Torah study, and uh, uh, I've uh, entitled today's uh, message, um, Your Destiny is in Your Identity. Your destiny is in your identity. I didn't give that to you, Gerald, but we're changing the sticky note for Paula. You know, they put these online so you can go on the uh, church website and find these. And then if you still have a CD player. (laughs) But uh, so we're delving into the final book of uh, what in Hebrew is... The Humash, the five books of Moses, and some of you have gotten that reference book, that blue Humash that has the Hebrew version of uh, the five books of Moses, and then all the rabbi notes, which is invaluable in studying Jewish roots. The more you read uh, the rabbinical side of teachings out of the Bible, the more you begin to appreciate Judeo-Christianity. And so that's what we're doing here, is we're taking all the wisdom of God uh, in the Humash, in the Old Testament, and we're blending it together in our silver bullet, uh, neutral bullet, and uh, with the New Testament revelations, and it tastes good. Amen? Amen. So, um, uh, in, in Deuteronomy... Uh, the, Deuteronomy was written uh, by Moses in the last couple weeks before he went on to heaven. He was 120. Uh, His vision never dimmed. His strength never wavered at 120. And uh, we claim that in our lives. We're not getting older. We're getting better. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, uh, you know, what he's saying in Deuteronomy is he's actually reviewing uh, many of the key events, many of the key commandments and laws that God gave to Israel uh, to prepare uh, the Jewish people for entering into the promised land. It'd be a bummer to keep coming to church. You're so close to the abundant life, so close to the promised land, but you can't get a breakthrough and you just keep rehearsing and repeating all the mistakes and it's like one step forward and five steps back. Nobody wants that, especially God. And so Moses starts going through some things to help remind Israel Uh, of what they need to emphasize and focus on as they go into possessing the land. And so in Greek, Deuteronomy means second law. Uh, Deutero second nomos law, the second law. In Hebrew, it's known as the Mishnah Torah, the repetition of the law. 
And so uh, when, when Christians typically, nobody here, but typically when Christians hear about the law, uh, they get tense. The law. As if somehow God gave something that was meant to harm you and hurt you and hold you back. The law wasn't given so that you could earn your way to heaven. It was given so you would know how to bring heaven down to earth by following divine principles. That's all. But the false narrative, the fake news... Uh, is that the Old Testament is nothing more than legalism. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You don't need to avoid the law like the coronavirus. Right? Uh, And this is where just your understanding, our understanding here at New Beginnings, is all of God's word is the gospel. From Genesis to Revelation. And so Israel... They knew they had more than just a legal code. They knew that God was giving them a blueprint for society. America needs to go back to that lesson. When we started, we're one nation under God, and now all of a sudden the Marxists want to change it to the blueprint of America to uh, let's become Cuba. (laughs) Nothing against the Cuban people. But there's a reason they're trying to leave. And isn't it amazing, our government, the only restrictions we're putting on anybody coming in is Cubans. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if it's because they don't like Marxism. (laughs) And that's what the blueprint is trying to be changed to. Let's make... uh, 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 America, not one nation under God, one nation under government. Marxist government. I don't like that idea. I know you don't like that idea. So let's keep praying and voting for the people that will reverse that curse. As you know, um, I've always uh, loved reading uh, the material by the late, great Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. He was the former chief rabbi of the United Kingdom. And uh, he wrote something phenomenal about understanding the Torah, uh, the laws of Moses, in that he said it's not just revealed legislation. I just, that just gets me. It's, the Torah is more than revealed legislation. It's not like the only side of God is he's an attorney and a judge and here's your law book and everything is, you know, uh, uh, seen through that prism. But Rabbi Sachs says it, the Torah, represents God's bold confidence in our biblical ancestors that he entrusted them with the creation of a society that would be a home for God's presence and a light to the world. Doesn't sound like legalism to me. It sounds like wisdom. That, and, and really, that's why Marxists hate America. That's why the devil's crowd, the Antichrist crowd, hates America. We're preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. They're preparing the world for the coming of the Antichrist. And we need to understand, what the heck is going on out there? <laughs> that's what's going on. 
We want a society that is a home for God's presence, where the Bible is honored. The principles of God, the name of God is honored in our society, and then we're going to be a light. To, and America has done that. Now, I mean, we used to be the ones exporting missionaries around the world to preach the good news. Now around the world is realizing, what's happening to America? We better get missionaries sent to America. So when God gave his 613 commandments, uh, starting with the Big Ten, um, he didn't give them as Bible law to serve as a pathway to legalism. He gave us 613 divine decrees that would serve as divine principles, that when you integrate these principles into your personal life, into our uh, political and academic and business life, we're going to have a great society. And it obviously doesn't all happen overnight. Uh, We make our mistakes individually. We make our mistakes uh, as a nation. We've made mistakes, but we're on the right path. We're on God's path, and uh, that's why we need to prefer Christians as our elected leaders because they pass legislation that will either promote the Antichrist crowd or uh, the crowd that loves the Messiah. Who loves the Messiah here today? I see all your hands. And so uh, Christians aren't often taught that the laws of God from the Old Covenant, uh, uh, we're not taught that this is part of the covenant, part of the plan. Uh, God's laws aren't abolished. And I got to thinking about this. Uh, consider this in the book of Revelation. There's a number of verses in the very last book of the Bible, but just we'll give you one. Revelation twelve seventeen, And the dragon was enraged with the woman. Who's the dragon? Satan. Who, who's the woman? Israel. She's the one that gave birth to uh, all the offspring, which Christianity is the offspring. But the dragon was enraged with the woman because the woman was, is the keeper of the word, the covenants. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the dragon is waging war. The devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking what family, seeking what nation he can devour, and especially those who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So there's two things going on there. I'm keeping God's commandments, and I'm keeping the testimony of Jesus Christ and all that he's done to redeem me from uh, all the negativity in the world. Amen? So, there you have it. Keep God's commandments. They're not abolished. Okay, and so this is why what we're doing at New Beginnings is so important is we're restoring uh, what traditional Christianity says was replaced, replacement theology. We've replaced Israel. The, the, the commandments of God are nullified. The promises of God through Jesus Christ are nullified and, uh, uh, to the Jews and given to the Christians.
And being the source or the foundation of what's going on there has created Hatfields and McCoys. On this side, in this corner, are the Hatfields. Represented by the Jews. In this corner are the McCoys, represented by the Christians. So you got this Hatfield and McCoy rivalry, but the funny thing is, we're brothers and sisters under the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, uh, and as we joke, uh, Jesus and Moses aren't having a fist fight in heaven tonight over who's right. It's all right, because it's all the gospel. And so New Beginnings is understanding this. Uh, We didn't always understand this. Back in the uh, mid-90s, when Pastor got that revelation that you've read about and heard him preach about, about, I'm going to teach you to reread the Bible through the eyes of a Jewish Jesus, when he first came back and said that, everybody was stunned. Because no one had heard of such a thing. And, uh, and so uh, many of us, uh, instead of critiquing and criticizing, got on board. Amen. I'm going to hitch my wagon to someone's doctrine. We decide, we're hitching our wagon to pastor, and that's why we've been here for 30 years. Amen. Right? And, uh, and so God brought you here, and whether you're here for 30 years or 30 months... You need to hitch your wagon to the revelations that God has given the pastor because that's why God brought you here. It's not a, oh, I was just driving by and saw a sign and just happened to come in and I just keep coming. Oh, okay, well, I mean, if you think your life is that random and it's just a simple twist of fate, uh, uh, you're wrong, but, uh, you know, there's no coincidence. And so we're, we're excited to help to merge the two and uh, uh, unite the two, uh, two great faiths, Judaism and Christianity united, Jews and Christians together. That's our, a big part of our calling. And, and in thinking about that, and we're studying Deuteronomy, it's a, re, a review of all the laws of God, <clears throat> um, and now we're thinking, well, how come I'm here? Uh, why, why, why did God bring me here? What am I supposed to understand? Let me share this story with you. Uh, a young boy was traveling from Jerusalem uh, to the Galilee up in Tiberias area, and he arrived at a four-way crossroad and discovered to his dismay that the crossroad sign had fallen down. And the arrows that were pointing you in the right direction, in all four directions, had fallen down. And all of a sudden, I don't know which way to go. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, one thing he did know was where he was coming from. And he was coming from Jerusalem. So he picked up the sign and he found the part that's pointing back to Jerusalem. And once he got the directions to Jerusalem right, everything else worked itself out. And that's what we're trying to do here at New Beginnings. Amen. Uh, and, And so this means that we need to begin to understand our salvation history a little bit different. There's nothing wrong with thinking your salvation history started with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
Nothing wrong with that. But if you ever go on Ancestry.com type things, you can go back a little ways, and that's a good thing. You learned a lot. You appreciate that, and that's as far as you go or as much as you want to pay. <laughs> that's as much as I want to learn. I'm stopping at 1898, and that's that. Well, what if there's stuff earlier that, that that's, you could learn about? And there is, and so that's what, uh, that's what we're doing here. We're going all the way back to the Torah and uh, learning how to blend it all together into a uh, one full gospel, and it's a good thing. How many of you would say, you know what, I appreciate learning all of the gospel from Genesis through Revelation? You know, church people, without the knowledge of their history... Their origin, their culture are like a tree without roots. And this is why in Romans 11, Paul uses the example of the olive tree and its roots and its branches. And he's saying you need to be connected to the root. The root is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a lot of branches and a lot of revelations that spring out of that. But if you sever yourself from the root, Eventually, you're not going to bear fruit. Now, people don't like Winston Churchill anymore. And today, he's taught like, uh, you know, it's like a lot of the great leaders. They have a narrative that today's society doesn't want to hear. But if it wasn't for uh, Winston Churchill, we all might be speaking German right now. (laughs) (laughs) Achtung! <laughs> That's right. Bless you too, brother. But he once said, the farther backward you can look, the farther forward you're likely to see. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Now, uh, why is that? Because world history and personal history tend to repeat itself. Right? And that can be for good or for bad. And as we look back in time, you get in your DeLorean and you go back in time as uh, Back to the Future saying about, uh, you're going to discover that there were decisions and actions that, decisions you made, actions you took that either led to a blessing or a curse. Now you can't change that, but you can learn from that. And you can change how you think about it. So the idea in all of this is that we want to learn from the past. We want to learn from our past mistakes. We want to learn from our past victories. Yet we don't want to dwell in the past because you can't live life driving, looking through the rearview mirror. You'll end up in a ditch. And so we learn, do more of what you're good at. Do more of what were. Do more of what God said and less of the other. And you probably will have a pretty good life. Now the church didn't believe this for so many years. For 1900 years, things were rewritten. Right now, Marxists are trying to rewrite American history and change the way kids think about America. So instead of saying the Pledge of Allegiance and singing the National Anthem, we're sending people to the Olympics that apparently hate America. (laughs) 
I don't get that. If you hate America's team, why are you on America's team? <laughs> Go be on someone else's team. <laughs> and, but the church has done that. We've severed ourselves from the past, alienated ourselves from uh, some pretty important teaching. But fortunately, God's restoring all of that. We lost a certain part of our heritage and legacy, and God is restoring that. And the more that you learn about authentic Bible history, the more you're going to learn to respect and honor the fullness of the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. And then you'll be drawn to a place like New Beginnings and Pastor Larry and Tiz, and suddenly you'll start realizing uh, uh, what standing for Israel can mean for you. What can standing for Israel and learning the Jewish roots mean for me? What what do I have to do with all of that? Because the father of all promises is Genesis 12.3. I will bless those that bless Israel. That's the first promise. That's the big one. (laughs) Get that one right. It's like Tiz always says, if you get the top button button right, then everything else will work out. If you get... Button the top button wrong, then you're all out of whack. And you might not know it, but people, oh my gosh, what happened to him today? Uh, Rabbi Sachs, uh, in his article, A Nation of Storytellers, uh, gives us a phenomenal insight about Deuteronomy that as you get through Deuteronomy, you start seeing a pattern like, uh, uh, 14 times or more, God says, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. He says, remember, remember uh, you were a slave in Egypt. Remember what Amalek did to you. Remember the days of old. And pass that along to the generations. And so what God is saying is, Israel, amongst things that I'm asking you to do, I'm wanting you to write history. Because history is important. But what's so interesting in the rabbi's uh, teaching is that in Hebrew, there's no word for history. Write your but there's no word for history. <clears throat> the closest equivalent is chronicles. But he does say that instead of using the word history in ancient Hebrew, God has a a different word called memory. And so there's a fundamental difference between history and memory. History is his story. His story. Memory is my story. And so what God is saying to Israel and what God says to all of us is now that you are in my world, this is our Father's world, now that you are part of my family, now that you have taken on uh, my yoke, it's no longer history. It's memory. Meaning I want you to remember the things that I have said, not the things you've experienced. Or what you might have learned from Marxists in school. That's why, for instance, in the Haggadah, the Seder dinner, the Passover dinner, each person has to see themselves as personally coming out of Egypt. 
Because God wants you to see the progression of you were a slave to Pharaoh, a slave in Egypt, but I brought you out with a strong hand, with a mighty word. I am your redeemer. I am your deliverer. And I am going to erase all of those Egyptian memories, those slave mentality memories, and I am going to instill and embed in you something new and different and make you a new creation with a whole new set of laws and rules and uh, guidelines and principles and commandments. Right? Amen. And so God is saying that not only for, but for Christians, we have to take the history of the Bible and make it our memory. That's the predominant thing that God wants to do in your mind, in your soul, is renew your mind and give you memories, not of how your family was uh, ripped off, but how do you take what happened to your family and apply the promise of God and then see that thing return to you times seven. Right? What the canker worm stole, what the wormwood stole, what the devil stole is being returned to those people that aren't sitting there dwelling on all the, the offenses and the grievances. It's part, of your, it's part of your history. Yeah, that happened. We're not denying that happened. But now you're a new creation. You have a new family. You have a new spiritual DNA. I am your father, Luke. No! And that's what Christians do. No! Stop saying no. Get a yes in your spirit. And this is all regardless of what negative thing. Does stuff happen? Of course. Who can say they went through life without getting hurt? Right? We're all, we've all been hurt. But now God is saying, okay, that might be your history, but I'm going to uh, heal all of that, heal your, and give you some new things to think on. This is what Galatians 2.20 is talking about. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ that lives in me. Right? So the orientation isn't sexual. The orientation is spiritual. I am spiritually oriented to see my life now in Christ, not as it used to be in history. 1 Corinthians 12.27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. So the family part, yeah, you have a biological family, and for good or for bad, my family was very dysfunctional, and I inherited family curses to the max, man. I didn't just have one of them tiny little U-Haul trucks when I came to Christ, right? I had one of them big moving vans packed full of all kinds of issues. <laughs> the problem was... How do I get from thinking about all of that? How do I jettison all of that and get on with my new creation identity? Stop dwelling on that and get on to this. Are you familiar with how the witness protection program works? 
It's when a witness to a serious crime or a criminal organization agrees to testify against the lawbreakers. And when somebody goes into the program, their old identity is hidden. It's, it's erased. Okay? Do you see where I'm going here? Th- that person or people, they're given a new identity. They get a new name, a new life, a new start, a new beginning. And it hides and protects them from the criminals that would seek to do them harm. How many of you now you know, get the drift here? Like a witness protection program, your life, my life is now hidden in Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. Colossians 3.3 says, uh, you died to this life. That means all of the the painful memories, all the bad stuff that happened, all the stupid mistakes that were made, you've died to all of that. That's no longer you. You have a new identity because your real life, Colossians 3.3, is hidden with Christ. I hope this is helping somebody. Because if you can get this, if you begin to understand that spiritually your old identity is now erased, so stop dwelling on it. Stop going back to it. Stop being involved in things that take you back in time. It becomes your responsibility to protect that new identity. If you're going to walk into a new destiny, you've got to guard and protect your heart from all of that negativity. And you can't do that on your own. I'm not smart enough, you're not smart enough. You need the Holy Ghost and power. You need the living Word of God that's alive and full of power and is able like the sharpest knife in the drawer to separate the good from the bad. The bad thoughts from the... And just get rid of it. Put that down the garbage disposal. Flush that thing away and move on with your new destiny. Of course, the devil, our number one enemy, he wants to keep bringing up the past. Like like we hear a lot, when the devil brings up your past, remind him of his future. (laughs) You going down, (laughs) and I ain't going with you. I was reading this article uh, from a book called Hardwiring Happiness by some neuropsychologist. I just happened to stumble on the article and uh, they were doing research on the brain. And uh, the, this uh, uh, researcher said, your brain is wired in such a way uh, when it evolves, it, it's primed to learn quickly from bad experiences, but not so much from the good ones. And I read that and I said, boom, that's saying something. It's saying that your mind in the natural is wired to remember all the bad experiences. Not so much the good ones. He goes on to say, that's why traumatic memories so often stick in our brains, while positive memories seem to slip away. It's an ancient survival mechanism that turned the brain into Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the positive. Do you see what's going on? How come I can't get a breakthrough? 
probably this is going on. The mind hasn't been renewed in that particular area and the devil keeps exploiting that, bringing up the past and you keep feeling bad and disappointed and you're offended and you got a grievance and you got grudges and you're wanting revenge and God says, I don't move that way. Even if it's, well, somebody please feels sympathy for me. You can either have sympathy or you can have a victory. But you can't have both. So our long-term memory, did you see that, is much more prone to collect and retain negative experiences. We have to do battle with that. That's where the whole idea of casting down every vain imagination that would exalt itself against the things of God comes in. This is what God is telling us. This guy found out, uh, you know, uh, 6,000 years after God uh, wrote about it. Now, here's the thing. Most of the time, we don't even realize that the devil's playing mind games. Right? But this is why God gave us weapons of warfare. Right? And a lot of times, Christians don't really use all the weapons in their arsenal. They don't even know. I didn't know I had that weapon that would just destroy the devil's plan. For instance, praying in the Holy Spirit as one weapon. Right? How do I build myself up in faith, build myself up praying in the Holy Ghost, right? And it's then when the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Truth, begins to uh, be activated in your spirit and soul, in your inner man, in your heart, all of a sudden heart surgery is accomplished. And all the damage that was done to your heart through your before Christ, your B.C. Christ experiences, all of a sudden that starts getting healed. There's a heal, and no one can say exactly how, well, here's, it happens, A, B, C, one, two, three. It just happens, and a lot of times you don't even realize it's happening. You're just focused on the process. Get up. Seek the Lord, do it His way, lather, rinse, repeat. And all of a sudden, traumatic things, painful things start to be minimized. It decreases in your life. Now look, there's, there's physical medical treatments for these kind of things that we're talking about. Uh, but really, as a pastor, what what I believe, and I'm sure you believe too, is that it's a spiritual issue more than it is, I need some drugs. <laughs> Maybe I'll just medicate our, myself. Have you ever wondered why the government wants to legalize marijuana everywhere so the whole society will be medicated and just focused on eating donuts and Fritos and all of a sudden we can pass all of these insane laws and everybody will be so buzzed up they won't see our society got transformed from one nation under God to one nation under government. Well, how would I know? Well, because I smoked dope for 17 years, okay? So I've got some insider information on that one. <clears throat> John Wimber from the Vineyard Movement said, Sickness of the Spirit is caused by what we do. Sickness of the emotions is generally caused by what is done to us. 
It grows out of the hurts done to us by other people or some experience that we were exposed to in the past. And these hurts affect us. Yeah, they affect all of us. No one gets an exempt card. Right? And they affect us in the form of bad memories and weak or wounded emotions. This in turn uh, leads us into various forms of sin. Depression? Is depression a sin? As a believer, yeah. Because the joy of the Lord. Rejoice always. And on and on and on. A sense of worthlessness and inferiority, unreasonable fears and anxiety, psychosomatic illnesses, etc., etc. Included in these are the present day effects of the sins of the parent in the bloodline of a person. Talking about family curses. Why am I this way? Why can't I get the breakthrough? Why do I keep going back and doing the same stupid things again and again and again? Family curses need to be broken. I bind and rebuke that family curse it will not be like father and son like mother and daughter i declare in the name of jesus that i'm severed from my old life and i have a new beginning a new life a new identity that's hidden in christ and that's what i believe that's what i'm focused on that's what i'm living for And thank God Jesus is the healer of the broken heart, right? Because what we're saying is kind of simple in simple terms, but it's not easy to walk that out. But think about Psalm 23. Psalm 23 in the voice translation says, The Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. Why does your soul need restoring? Because that stupid old devil worked overtime and all the things in the past were working to to just mess you up. They're good at doing that. He restores my soul. He makes me whole again. Come on. Spirit, soul, and body. God wants you whole. He doesn't want you broken. Don't listen to the ones that say you need to live a broken life. You came to Christ broken. He's the one, the creator, that fixes what's broken so you can be made whole, sanctified and whole, spirit, soul, and body. The whole man. The whole woe man. He makes us whole again, steering me off worn, hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo his name. I like that. Amen. So uh, who can testify this morning that the, uh, God has healing power? Amen. He heals my emotions, he heals my physical body, and he makes me whole. And a lot of that, it takes some time, right? You know, you, there's no microwave cure for this, right? Because you can work hard on it for a couple months, six months, a year, whatever, and then just like going to the gym, you got that gym membership, <laughs> and you were there, and man, you would see it, oh man, I've never felt better, and then all of a sudden, things got in the way, and suddenly the gym, it's like we got this uh, uh, stair-stepper treader thing that is perfect for hanging up my clothes. <laughs> Right? And, and just, you can have it and lose it. 
Because it's not like it's a destination like we were talking last week. It's the journey. It's a lifelong journey. Forty years of this, lather, rinsing, and repeating. You can do it that way, or you can do it the devil's way. How many of you are glad you're doing it God's way? Amen. 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 So in these last few minutes, let me just give you five ways to erase painful memories and to restore your soul. Number one, uh, embrace the spirit of forgiveness. Okay? Colossians 3.13 in the New Living says, You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's really kind of the essence of the gospel, forgiveness, right? So if, if you're getting caught up in grievances and offenses and just being mad, and that's kind of, you're developing an angry spirit, uh, that's not spiritually healthy for you, especially like it happens close to home. Right? Like you can be ticked off at your dad for a long, long time because your dad was a lunkhead. Your dad was probably uh, a lunkhead and did a lot of lunkhead things, and you're wondering, why the heck am I the way? Dad, why did you drop me when I was a baby? <laughs> Forgiving. That's how healing and restoration take place. You forgive those that hurt you. And you take away the enemy's power to use that painful episode again and again and again and again. Living in unforgiveness, holding grudges, being offended is like drinking poison and expecting the person that hurt you to die. I'll drink the poison and you do the dying. No, no, you're going to do the dying. They probably forgot they hurt you in most cases. Now some things are, you know, to the 10th power. But that that doesn't negate God's power. It might mean you're going to have to contend a little bit harder to get the breakthrough. But there is a breakthrough. Jesus said, I leave you with my peace. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. I give peace to you. The world doesn't have the peace that I give to you, says the Lord Jesus Christ in John 14, 27. Number two, focus who you are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the famous, if anyone is in Christ, he is, she is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Stop dredging up the past. God doesn't do it. He casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. But if you keep dredging it up and forgetting you have a new identity... Then you leave the witness protection program and now all the criminals uh, know where you are and they're coming after you. Amen? Look, I know this is a full-time job, but what else are you going to do? You're going to be a doormat for the devil just to walk all over you the rest of your life? Not me. Right? It might take, it might take you, how long does it take to get a master's degree? It varies, but generally it might take, what, six years, eight years? 
So have you put six to eight years of unrelenting master's degree effort into your Christianity? If you haven't, get busy. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And at the end of it, there's a pot of gold. (laughs) Number three, speak the word. Put God in remembrance of the word as we talked about in intercessory prayer. James says it this way in James 21. Get rid of all uncleanness and all that remains of wickedness. Talking about the past. And with a humble spirit, receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart, which is able to save your souls. Right? God's word works. But it's like soap. It only works when it's applied. Number four. Accept responsibility for your life, right? My dad, my mom, my boss, my this, my that, the devil. Accept responsibility. Deuteronomy 30, I call heavens and earth to witness about. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so you and your descendants will live. Talking about free will here. Free choice. You need to keep choosing life and blessing. Choose what you focus on, what you meditate on. Choose to accept responsibility. It isn't God's responsibility to take care of this. It's yours. Amen. Amen. So focusing on your past, uh, uh, you yeah, I accept responsibility for the boneheaded things I did. I'm going to clean all that mess up, but I'm going to spend most of my time focusing on my future. Amen? Amen. And this just helps you to keep from being a victim. Has anyone noticed that our society wants everyone to feel victimized so that you'll be offended? And for the Christian, this is the worst thing. Because offenses and being the victim and not take all of that blocks the blessing. Right? Okay, so um, uh, number five, use what happened in your past as God's testimony in your life. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So, what is your testimony? Right? What is your testimony? Because once you realize that you came through some things, the smoke is cleared and here you are, you're still standing. Now I'm going to share that with the world. God delivered me out of the, uh, the dungeon. He delivered me out of uh, the gates of hell. He delivered me from all of this evil stuff. And I'm rejoicing in the Lord because what he did for me, he'll do for you. Amen. That's how helping turn others into overcomers helps you overcome. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Well, let's, uh, uh, that brings us to the end of uh, this particular study. But let's close in prayer together. Just bow your hearts and just pray softly in the Holy Ghost wherever you're at. Father God, thank you for this word and revelation today. Thank you so much, Lord, that you have given me a pathway to life and blessing.
Thank you for sending Jesus to heal my broken heart, to heal all of our emotions, to make us whole, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, Right now, I remove myself from every painful memory. I take away, Father, with your help, take away all the sorrow, all the anxiety, all the vexation that's been coming with it. I take authority right now in the name of Jesus over every enemy, over every painful memory. We cast out the anger, the addiction, the disappointment, the discouragement, all the negativity, anything else that's come to oppress you and keep you from your destiny. We bind and rebuke that and we declare who the sun sets free is free indeed. By the power of the blood, let all guilt and shame and remembering all the pain and all the uh, uh, the negativity. Let all of that be washed away by the power of the blood. And Father, thank you today for a new beginning. This is the first day of the rest of my life. I thank you. You helped me to renew my mind, to step into that new identity, to help me hide myself in Christ so that all of these things cannot come back and harm me. And I'm just going to go through the rest of my day and the rest of my life rejoicing in the Lord, blessing the Lord with all of my heart and all of my soul for the great things that have been done and for the great things that are about to happen, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well,